Uh, welcome back, everybody. I'm pretty sure we are live. Once again, this takes 5 billion years. I'm going to cut this, so I'm giving myself a few <laughs> seconds to know where to cut the audio. Anyhow, if you're here, welcome back. We are the Jocks of All Trades podcast, and this is the Jock Talk. Uh, I am joined by Kyle and Luke. Um, fellas, we've got a, a long episode, so let's go ahead and jump right into the buzz. The buzz. Uh, guys, I don't know if you saw, but I'll give you a little bit of what Roethlisberger said to the reporters about Najee Harris. So the headline was, Big Ben calls out Najee Harris, um, or did he? So he said this about the loss uh, with Green Bay. He said, I thought we kind of started to get the run game going. We had some decent plays tonight. I think we're still more out there. I keep telling, keep telling Naj, Najee Harris, get physical. You're big. Be big. Play big. Run through tackles. Don't avoid contact. Make contact. Be scary. I remember I got to play with Jerome Bettis, and he created contact. It was a game changer when he ran people over. So I keep trying to reiterate that to him. Um, guys, the Steelers only got 282 yards of total offense against Green Bay. Najee was the one bright spot. Uh, is, is Ben calling out Najee Harris? Do we need to hear more from Ben? Like, why is he talking uh, about Najee Harris when he was one of the biggest factors on why they didn't do well? <clears throat> Go ahead. Go okay. ahead. Okay. Okay. Here's the thing. And I think Brad's going to like what I have to say here. I love how Big Ben is telling Najee, you know, you got to be more physical. You got to be up front. You got to be powerful. When literally the same thing could be said about him. It's like, and it's, I've said it before and I will say it again. Big Ben is the worst quarter starting QB in that division. I take yeah. Joey Burrow over him. I take Lamar Jackson over him. I take Baker Mayfield over him. And Baker did not play a good game this week. So, I mean, you have Steelers fans calling for Dwayne Haskins. Now, I, I love the dude, but when things go there, you're in trouble. And so for him, I mean, he's won multiple Super Bowls. Congratulations. But really, in sports, it is a what have you done for me recently. And for him to be looking at a rookie running back and telling him to be Jerome freaking Bettis is is not it's not a good look. Brad, what do you think? It's basically what I was gonna say. Um, <laughs> you, you can't you can't keep pushing blame on people, Big Ben. You've been doing this for years. Every time the Steelers don't make it, somehow it's the defense's fault, it's Juju's fault, it's somebody's fault, except for the freaking quarterback that can't throw for like two yards without it being an interception. So I don't want to hear it, Big Ben. I'm tired of hearing it. Uh, put up or shut up at this point because Luke is absolutely right. Every other quarterback in that division is way better than him. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know why he, he called out Najee. I mean, I don't I don't know if it's a call out. I mean, I think it's more constructive criticism. But like, you're the one that needs to be uh, criticized, dude. Like, yeah. We might talk about worst quarterback in the division, but guys, like, what about like one of the worst top five, one of the worst, probably bottom five quarterbacks in the NFL? 
Yeah. Like I think that's pretty realistic if we're if we're honest. Seriously. But I don't know if people want to have that conversation yet because he has two Super Bowls. But um, yeah. people are, are very uh, shy of criticizing him because he's won big games for them. But I think it's time to just say, dude, shut up. Um, like, yeah, your O line ain't helping much, but you are the biggest reason why this offense isn't moving the ball. Yeah, I completely agree. Let's uh, let's move on, Kyle. Uh, so Jimmy G went down in the 49ers game. Trey Lance stepped up. Um, he had a decent game. I think he went like nine for 18, had a couple touchdowns, one wide open Debo Samuel. Uh, now that Jimmy G is out, guys, do you think Trey Lance should be the guy moving forward, or do you think he's just there for a few weeks to fill the void? Um, let me answer this simply by saying, who else is going to be the guy for the 49ers at this point? Like, you, you really don't have any other options. Unless you're going to sign Cam Newton and bring Cam Newton in, that ain't going to happen. It's got to be Trey Lance, which I, I, I hate it. I hate it. You guys know my criticisms about Lance. But truthfully, he is the guy. He's going to have to be the guy. He's going to have a Fields-like situation where maybe it wasn't time for him to start yet, but he's the best quarterback on that roster and should be starting. So you think he's the guy moving forward even when Jimmy G comes back? Or is he just there for a few weeks? Probably because Jimmy G, once again, for the second year in a row, does not look like much at all. So I I wouldn't stick with Jimmy G. Luke, what do you think? I I would not stick with Jimmy G either. It's like you know, if he goes down, it's it's you've got to have the next man up attitude, and that's Trey Lance. You might not like it, but hey, that's your guys' fault again. You had QBs like Justin Fields and Mac Jones, who I will give Brad his props right now. Mac Jones, despite the loss, played an excellent game. And so, and I will say, I believe also the Bears won. So my man got his first win as well. Um, I think, so I'm, So I actually, I think he's the first of the rookie QBs this season to get a win as a starter. So kudos. Um, so yeah, you have to go with, I have to have the next man up attitude. So it's, it right now that's Trey Lance. You might not like it. But it's why you have him. Uh, also, Justin Fields, yeah, he, you're right. He got his first win. Zach Wilson got his first one, too, on, on the same day. Um, but Matt but, Nagy even said, Justin Fields, he, he's still our number two. I'm like, are you kidding me? After he got you your first win? Like, ah, it's so annoying to me. I don't – I hate that. I don't fired. know why. Don't know why. He should be fired. <laughs> He should be fired. Uh, next up, Urban Meyer. So late Saturday night, I told Brad this. I was on my way back from a Penn State game, and I saw on Twitter there was a video going around of Urban Meyer at the bar. He was sitting down, and there was a girl grinding up on him at the bar. It made its rounds. It's a big. I'm not asking you whether Urban Meyer is a cheater or not. This isn't a divorce slash marriage podcast. This is a sports podcast. I'm asking you with this stuff that's going around about urban meyer he apologized to his team apparently there are reports about his team not really loving his apology and lost respect for him there's been rumors of them maybe letting go of urban meyer or that he would quit because of of this distraction what do you think of urban meyer 
um, right now as it stands? And what is the Jaguars' next step? Without being very crass, um, Urban Meyer is so desperate to get out of Jacksonville. He's paying hoes. So he looks like he's doing something bad to get out of Jacksonville. Like that's that's how bad this is. If you're listening, Urban, find a new job. Find a new job, dude. It's not working. Uh, if the Ohio State fan may chime in, oh, go ahead. I'm it I, I, again. I'm seeing the Twitter mill put out everything as well, Kyle. Um, from what. Urban has said in his statement, um, he was, uh, there was a situation that he probably should have left from and he didn't. And I, I do, I think that he's actually trying to cheat on Shelly. No, I don't, at least not at this point, but he put himself in a bad situation. And you could say that he put himself in a bad situation even earlier when he took the Jags job. I mean, I, I looked at him and people thing is he had a great gig on Fox being, you know, part of their, you know, college football pregame show that comes on at 10 in the mornings. And so I'm going, why would you leave that for another coaching job when with your health? And so it's like, I, I, I don't know what this is. I'm going to hold my peace until more information comes out. Uh, I'm not going to say anything about Urban's character. I'm not going to say anything about the whole situation. I hope for the sake of their family, they can get it all sorted out. Cause, But I, I will say when it comes to the Jags, it's going to get worse probably before it gets better. Because if you think it's drama now, it's going to be, you know, people are going to get Oscars down the road. Let me, let me put it this way. My biggest problem with that is he's supposed to be a leader. And unfortunately, no, when you do, I, when you, yeah, I completely agree. No. And I'm, all I'm saying is when you have a failing as a leader, it still reflects your character choices, etc. It doesn't define it, but it still reflects where your brain is. And dude is just not thinking about football. Dude is not thinking about his family. That's why I made the joke that I did. He is desperately trying to get out of Jacksonville. I don't think I, he ever. I, I will agree with that. I, I don't think I don't think the dude is used to losing this much. When you've come again, when you come out of a successful college program, you know one loss is like the end of the world. Now you've. I don't have they even. I don't think they've even won a game yet. No. I mean, what what did he think this was going to be? So I just he thought you know, it was going to be he thought it was going to be Ohio State or Florida playing a bunch of Akron's and Purdue's exactly. And, and so I I don't know. And again, I don't know. I I'm speechless. I'm just yeah. speechless. I have no idea what to say anymore. To quote Alfred, some men just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> That's what he does. Um, oh, moving yeah. on. Moving on. Uh, so Trayvon Diggs, he had. He has five interceptions uh, on the year now, which is absolutely crazy in the first uh, four games. Um, Two-part question. Is Trayvon Diggs already one of the best corners in the NFL? And are the Cowboys one of the best teams in the NFL? No, he's not one of the best corners. 
Um, I still think that spot is taken by Jalen Ramsey until it is proven okay. that that dude is no longer one. In. One of the best. I, I know Ramsey's the best. Like I top five. I don't, I don't think so. I don't because I could name Xavier Howard, Howard, Marlon Humphrey. Um, I could I could list five. I got to actually think about it, but I could list five. You have you have I one get or two to trade corners in Cleveland who might have a word. So yeah. See? So I don't I don't know that I would call him one of the best, but how he's playing is impressive. Now if he keeps this up all season, I'm gonna have to say hmm, maybe this isn't a fluke couple games. Maybe he is, but I will go ahead and take the spiciest of takes out of everybody. I'm sure. Yes, I think the Cowboys are legit. I liked them last year with Prescott, and I fully believe that had Prescott not been hurt, they would have won that division like soundly. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I completely agree. Dak Prescott changes the division overnight. And it looks like he's playing well. It looks like he's playing healthy. It looks like he's playing unafraid. And that's that's a big thing. And when you're playing that well, you're going to have success. Now, even with Trayvon Diggs being on that defense, it's like, you know, who, who let me check quickly. Okay, you played the Panthers and you – you let them score 28. And so, I mean, probably not the best defense in the league, but when you have, again, Dak Prescott, you're going to be able to score points. So, no, I think they have a very good shot to make a playoff run and a deep one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we talk a lot about Dak Prescott, but the defense just really stepped up. They're on another level this year. I mean, it's not really hard from last year to get on another level because they were so bad. But you look at their draft picks that they got, um, non-biased aside, like Micah Parsons is a beast out there. He's he's vastly improved that defense from a linebacking unit and a pass rush. Um, he's like a pass rush special, specialist now. Um, talked about Trayvon Diggs. Their third-round pick, I believe, Osa Odigazua. Um, he's having a killer year so far. I mean, they just, they just have a lot of guys that are just stepping up, a lot of young guys too. Yeah, bless you. Um Jalen Smith is playing all right, and last year he didn't play very well. Um, so their defense really just is stepping up, and they're creating mm-hmm. turnovers. So if you have Dak Prescott and the receivers and Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard, a good stable of tight ends, uh, if they're putting up 30-something a game and your defense is creating turnovers, that is a recipe for success because your defense mm-hmm. doesn't need to hold a team to 10. As long as they get a couple of turnovers – in good position, your offense is going to score and yeah, it's going to be out of reach for them. So uh, both sides of the ball are playing really well for them right now. Uh, last question here on the buzz. Uh, the Giants, the Jets, and the Yankees all got a win on Sunday. That's the first time that's happened in, I think, over 10 years, actually, uh, since, wow. since Eli was there, which is crazy. Wow. Um, so my question is, who is the best New York team or who is the worst New York team, the Jets or the Giants? Uh, the best would definitely be the Yankees. Um, but if I had to take a real, if I had to take a real answer, honestly, you both are going to hate it. The Jets. I think the talent is better. The quarterback is insanely better. He just needs to really get into his own there. And I think with that win, he didn't quit fighting. Yes, he's made a lot of turnovers, but if you look at how he played at BYU, he always passed to keep them in the game. And finally, it worked. I think he's going to come into his own and way surpass the, the, the 
ceiling that Daniel Jones has. No, I I would agree with you. I would be hesitant to if Saquon Barkley was playing up to what we thought he would be coming back. However, that that step of his is not back yet. And I hope and pray that it does because he's one of the most he, he was one of the most dynamic players in the league before he got hurt. And I want to see that comeback. It, I mean, for the good of the Giants organization, it needs to. Um, so, but with, with without that, without that electric step of Saquon Barkley, I would probably go with the Jets as well because, I mean, at least there, I would agree. No, um, Zach Wilson is has m- just from watching him right now has much more potential than Daniel Jones. So I know like what's been memed here before I tend to agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Wilson definitely has more upside than Daniel Jones from what I've seen. Um, I just think the giants kind of know what they are a little bit more than the jets do. Like the jets go out and have two stinkers and then somehow beat the Titans which I think everybody thought, like, I think I was watching CBS and Phil Sims is like, yeah, my now, game of the week is going to be the, tit- the Titans killing the Jets. And I'm like, of course, but then Jets beat them. So you're just kind of like, no, maybe they're a little better than we thought they were. Um, but well, the Giants. That, yeah. That begs the question, did the Jets win that game or did the Titans lose that game? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you kind of thought Derrick Henry, what Henry would just run through everybody, and he didn't really do that. So, uh-huh. um, I just think the Giants kind of know what they are, even though Saquon's a little, you know, not back to full speed. I think really, if they just <laughs> realize that they have Kenny Galladay, Shepard, um, Slayton, Kadarius Tony, use Saquon a little bit better. Um, if they get that O line figured out. Their defense has ability. Their defense is pretty good last year. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of struggling right now in the secondary, but um, they have a good D-line, and they can create turnovers. They can get pressure on the quarterback. So uh, it's just going to really we're, – we're going to find out what happens to the Giants. Uh, just beat the Saints, you know. The Saints aren't terrible. So I think, I think it's a tale of just two teams. I mean, they're kind of similar because they just went out and beat two decent teams. Um, but I think from a talent perspective, Giants are just a little bit closer, and they know what they are a little more than the Jets are. Um, let's go to the NFL highlights. I'll give you a rundown of what happened this week, and then you guys just give me a couple of your thoughts. Um, so the Bengals beat the Jaguars 24-21 to in a close game on Thursday night. The Washington football team squeaks out a win against the Atlanta Falcons 34-30. to They were down for most of that game. The Bills just absolutely kill the Texans 40 to nothing. Davis Mills looked like trash. Uh, the Bears got their um, their win against the Lions 24 to 14. That was nice to see Justin Fields get his win. Um, the Cowboys outlast the Panthers 36-28. The Colts get their first win against the Miami Dolphins. Good to see Jonathan Taylor get back into form. They win that 27-17. The Browns outlast the Vikings 14-7. to The Giants get their first win, like I said, 27-21. The Chiefs beat the Eagles 42-30 to in a shootout. The uh, Jets squeak by the Titans in overtime 27-24. The Ravens 
beat the Broncos. That wasn't much of a game at all, 23-7. And the Cardinals surprisingly beat the Rams. That was a good game, 37-20. to Kyler Murray in that offense looks unstoppable. Um, the Seahawks beat the 49ers, 28-21. The Packers easily beat the Steelers, 27-17. to uh, The Buccaneers uh, get a win against the Patriots, 19-17, to and Tom Brady's return to the Patriots. And then the Chargers last night beat the Raiders, 28-14. to Guys, what are your thoughts on a couple of these games? Uh, Luke, do you have two that you want to take? I know which two I want to take, if, if that's um, all right. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll take it first. I'll take it first. Um, first of all, um, I want to talk about the uh, Bengals versus Jags. Again, Bengals were able to uh, come but, but out with the victory, 24-21. And surprisingly, and I'll say it again, now the Bengals are 3-1. and one. They are and in tied for first in their division. It's only the Steelers that are uh, holding the division back at one and three. And I want to say pump the brakes, Bengals fans. Let's take a look at the teams that you've beaten. You've beaten the Vikings, and that's by far your best win. And then you beat the Steelers, and then you've now beaten the Jags. And the team that you lost against was the were the Bears in a close one. And I will say that outside of the Steelers game, all those games were close. I just go, yes, you're three and one, but you haven't played really, I don't think, some of the elite teams in the NFL yet. Now, next week, they're going to be playing Green Bay. Green Bay at least has Aaron Rodgers, has a quality offense. Defense might be so-so, but you're going to have a contest there. So... Cincinnati fans, you need to be looking at this Green Bay game coming up next week as probably your first major test. Going away from that, um, let's talk about my man Justin Fields, uh, the Bears getting the win um, against the Lions. And look, finally, it looked like Nagy had a actual scheme that Justin could benefit from in his first start. And Justin did a great job, 209 yards on a 64, uh, 65% uh, complete, completion rating. Um, he threw one pick, but came out with a passer rating of 82-7. He, he looked good. He looked good. And I can only imagine how much better he'd be doing if there were an O-line to protect him. And let's remember, this is also against the Lions. So I just go... Nagy, you're seeing the potential of this kid. Please get an O-line and protect this kid. Bears organization, get an O-line. Now, I, I, I just, I, I'm happy for the win, but I'm scared that when they come up against a D-line, maybe like Cleveland, it, yeah. or defense like Cleveland, it's going to get ugly. So well, did last did last week because exactly, exactly. yeah no so yeah it it's yeah please bears protect that kid. Um, I'm gonna take one game because I know we're kind of trying to cut some time here. We're going a little long. Um, so I'm gonna take the Dolphins and the Colts. Um, because I know a lot of indie fans watch this podcast. 
Listen, Glass Legs wins. Lieutenant Dan, he finally figured out how to play decently against a Dolphins defense that was dominant last year, but just hasn't looked like it at all. They've just really struggled this offseason or this season. Um, I was kind of impressed. Jonathan Taylor was there. Uh, Hines didn't really make much of an appearance, so it was kind of the Jonathan Taylor show. Uh, Marlon Mack, surprisingly enough, was in there quite a bit and played. Um, don't know whether to know if that's a real rotation or not. I hope not because a lot of people have Hines and fantasy. Um, I'm not sure what to make of this Dolphins team. I'm really not. Um, even when Tua was there, they didn't look great either. And now you've got Brissett, which I would consider to be a rather large downgrade. Um, I don't know. Um, that division just feels wide open for the taking with the one and three Texans, the one and three Colts, the 0 and four Jags. You just, no one there is really playing great. So it, it just makes you wonder who is going for the number one overall pick this season. So that was my <laughs> biggest takeaway there. Um, Kyle, do you have a game or do you want to move on? Yeah, just quickly, the Raiders and Chargers. Uh, we talked about last week, um, the three teams on, on Jock, Paper, Scissors. We talked about the Raiders. We talked about... Um, I believe we talked about the Cardinals. Chargers and Cardinals. Uh, Chargers, Cardinals. Um, yeah. Uh, Panthers, I think, as well. And um, we never really mentioned the Chargers because they weren't undefeated. But um, outside of the Cardinals, who are undefeated, the Chargers, I mean, they just look really dominant right now. Justin Herbert is playing out of his mind. Austin Eckler is a fantastic running back that we're not talking enough about. Herbert's getting into everybody's getting it to Donald Parham, Jared Cook, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. He's getting it to his running backs out in the flat. And with their pickups in the offseason for offensive linemen, remember they drafted Rashawn Slater, who's looking very good. Um, they signed Corey Lindsley from the Packers at center. Um, it just seems like last year's coaching staff developed these guys, and then this year's coaching staff is just like, we're ready to go. Like, we're ready to compete. And, and it looks like they are. Um, so it was nice to see them beat the Raiders. And it was pretty – they had it well in hand, too, for the most part. Like, they, they never trailed. They were always in in um, complete control of that game. So if they can do that against the Raiders – and the Chiefs look kind of beatable this year, and they beat the Chiefs, if I'm not mistaken. So if they can do that, I mean, they could easily take that division, and it's good to see for a young quarterback like Herbert. Um, Brad, let's go to our Fix Me this week. Who do you have? Um, this shouldn't really come as much of a surprise. Uh, you'll forgive me for pulling up my notes here. Um, but I do have the Detroit Lions. Why in the world do we always have to talk about the Detroit Lions every year? Because they suck. Simple answer. There you go. Um, so first of all, I think your biggest mistake was trading away Matthew Stafford. Um, yes, you took some decent picks out of it. Yes, you took Jared Goff, who truly was not a terrible quarterback for quite some time. Um, but Goff just doesn't have that that big man mentality. He's not going to come in there and dominate a game and take over. That's not who Goff is. So you're missing a leader on that offense. It's not DeAndre Swift either. It's not Hawkinson. It's not Cephas. You do not have someone there to change the culture and say, hey, let's get back to winning. Hey, let's get back to – let's get to the playoffs. Let's do something. You don't have that. So my biggest problem would be, I guess, the quarterback – 
but you're going to have to stick with Goff for another year because you don't have the money to move off of Goff and pay the rest of his contract. So you're going to get two good first-round picks the next two seasons would be my guess. So invest heavy in a quarterback. Invest heavy in a weapon. That is my second thing. They don't have anybody. Hawkinson is your best deep threat, and that's your tight end. You don't have any receivers that make me go, ooh. You don't have it. You just don't. You have no deep threats besides Hawkinson. However, here's the one thing I will say that the Lions do have going for them. No defense, Um, which is great if your whole point is to pass out of a game and just expect everything for your quarterback to win. So maybe if they do suck enough next year to pick up a good quarterback, which we'll talk about the quarterbacks that would probably not be on my list. Um, If you do get a good quarterback or if you trade for one or free agency or something, then you have somewhere for that quarterback to just live because the defense isn't going to save you. So usually when the defense doesn't save you, you have to pass to be back in the game. And if you have a decent quarterback, so it's, it's all connected, but I'll, I'll, I'll melt it down to, you have a great run game. You have two really good running backs that have proven they can catch and run and do everything you need. You just need the downfield threat to really diversify your offense because people know you're going to run. Honestly, people know you are going to run 90% of the time because that is your best weapon. So get a good quarterback, get a downfield threat, Work on that defense, which we say every year, and they never do. So that's why I didn't even bring it up, uh, because Detroit has a listening problem, apparently. Uh, so anyway, yeah, that is my Fix Me Detroit Lions. Um, if you're listening and you do make these, uh, yes, I am available to hire. I have a resume, and I would love to come work for you. <clears throat> yeah, so yeah. What, what were his references? Yes, thank yeah, you. Brad, Brad <laughs> took his Madden team pretty far, I believe. I did. Um, I did. And my and my best there. part about Madden is team building. Yeah, he's pretty good. Um, I would say that for the Lions, Brad, I don't know where you are on this, but getting a quarterback, are you confident enough for them to take one this year? Because the quarterback class for me is not looking too hot. I'm not sure. I would take the playmaker this year, give the playmaker a chance to be that number one option on that offense, and then take a quarterback. That's why I suggested maybe free agency or a trade because mm-hmm. – Goff just is not going to be it. He's really not. Yeah. He he reminds me a lot of Blake Bortles. Can make some great plays, can be a good quarterback, but not a good leader. And, and you really need that in, in Detroit. And that was Matthew Stafford's role in the sure. Detroit Lions team. So, Yeah, uh, looking back on it, he was a very good leader, a very good player, a very good human being yeah. that they are desperately missing right now. Um, yes. Do you want to go to Flashbang? Um, I – do have a, um, a oh. spicy meat, a spicy meatball take. Spicy meatball. And um, we're going to go to the world of college football for this take. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, regardless of who you think the best conference is in college football, the best division in college football is by far the Big Ten East. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened. I'm sorry. I think the video uh, yeah, cut out. I'm sure it was an accident. <laughs> but no, look at the AP top 10 right now. Not only does the Big Ten East have more teams in the AP top 10 right now than any other division in college football, it has more teams in the top 10 than any other conference in college football. 
And it's got one, two, three teams right now in the top 10. And if you extend it to the top 11, then it has four. Penn State is looking very, very good. Ohio State made a big bounce back in their Rutgers game. If they continue to play like that and continue to improve, they're going to make a run at the end. Then you have Michigan at nine, who you could argue has is, is looked good at points, and then the times it hasn't looked so good, but they're still growing. And then at 11, you have Michigan State. That's very, very good. We haven't seen this many Big Ten East teams this high up in the rankings for a while, especially like Michigan State. Michigan State has been mission, missing in action for a while, and now they're look, looks like they might be trying to make a comeback. No other division in college football has this. Neither SEC conference does because, I mean, people were talking about maybe the SEC West because you had teams like Ole Miss and Arkansas who immediately got exposed for what they actually were, pretenders to the crown, um, as soon as they played the top dogs within the SEC, which we all know there are only two of them. Which the Big Ten has yet to prove regardless but yeah go ahead well well we'll see we'll see right now i'm just saying the sec got plates there was some major cannibalism that went on but we'll see what happens within the big 10 i'm but i'm sticking with what i'm saying the big 10 east is by far the best division in college football yeah i don't think that's spicy luke i think you're spot on well, it's spicy to one of us. <laughs> I think it's too spicy only because, and I sent it to you guys because that's what I spent the hot take doing. Look at those hard schedules that the Big Ten East has had to play. Have you played anyone ranked Ohio State? Oh, yes, you did, and you lost. Uh, let's see. Uh, a Penn State. You played Wisconsin, who's not ranked. You played Auburn, who shouldn't be ranked. And that's about it. Where's let's Auburn? I'm, I'm just talking about, like, <laughs> Indiana's thank you, ranked. thank you. Another SEC West team. What? Auburn got smoked. I never said Penn State. I never said. My argument is not that the SEC should be there. My argument is that the teams that they have ranked really high haven't played a hard game yet. Now I will change my tune after Iowa and Penn State play. That will be the first big game that has been played besides Ohio State, who lost. Remember, uh, but <laughs> that's my point. Like you, you, hey, hey, you know what? The last time we lost the uh, second game of the season, it was 2014. You you mind what? Do you mind telling me what happened that year, Brad? I'm fine with that. Do you know how many rings we got? I don't care. Take one. We're all about <laughs> charity up here. <laughs> you know, I think I, I realized why we lost you guys last year. We just should have put in the third string. Maybe that might have helped you. Didn't you do that with your running backs, anyways? <laughs> well. <laughs> let's look at who Alabama. Let's look who Alabama played. They played Miami, who's oh I dog know. crap. I Mercer agree. awful. Florida just lost to Kentucky. Southern Miss. I'll give you Ole Miss. They are looking pretty good oh, up until that. Might even get you started but, on Georgia. Georgia's all about yeah. No Georgia. UK Clemson. Um, you, you guys don't want to be waving that flag anymore. <laughs> Again, I didn't bring up the SEC. I'm just talking about the top dog, and it's not Georgia. <clears throat> Well, if we're saying the best division, I think SEC would be the only one to rival that. So No, I, um, I don't disagree with that. I'm just disagreeing that the schedules to get them there have not been 
like well, I didn't even bring up possible. schedules. I was just saying you look at the competition there is in the Big Ten East, you compare it to any other division in college football, and the competition is nowhere near as stiff. Yeah, I just think the, the the Big Ten, that division, they beat up on each other a ton. It happens every year. We well, see this quite a bit. Why, that's just, why I kind of laugh. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State. Like you said, Michigan State really hasn't been good for a while or relevant. Yeah. Michigan always has one of those games where you're like, wow, are you even real? Um, but they always beat up on each other every year. I mean, Penn State's been close with Ohio State. They beat up on each other, but Ohio State usually comes out with the, the victory. Michigan, Ohio State beat up, beats up on each other. I mean, it's just it's frustrating because like they start off really, really well, and then they get to those games, and then they just and it just kind of blows up. So, which is what the SEC West is doing right now. Which is what I was gonna say because A and M got beat by Arkansas, but then. Arkansas beat like you know what I mean like I can play this game like all day of like who beat who and why and where like well, it I mean, always happens. Arkansas's biggest claim to fame before the Texas A&M game was we beat Texas and Texas I'm just like yeah. no they get yeah, overhyped but, every but year they're the Notre Dame of the South not true but listen Arkansas has always been the little brother that wants to come out of the basement and play with everybody and never does. So, you know what? I'm actually for Arkansas. I'm rooting well, for Well, they Arkansas. just got sent back to the basement. <laughs> That's just what by, by Georgia's defense. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, Texas, it, A&M, but... Texas A&M did look good for a couple weeks, and they got and they had two no, losses. No, 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 then... no, no. They looked bad against Colorado, and I said they should not be there a couple weeks okay. ago on this podcast. Well, in Ole Miss, they get to their first real game and they get smoked by Alabama, which, again, every team in that division would get smoked by Alabama. So, from the SEC West standpoint, for me, and just for the entire college football, it's Alabama and everyone else. It's Um, true. So, right now, they they have Auburn, Arkansas, and those really are the only two teams behind them. But, again, Auburn, they almost lost to Georgia State the other week. And don't um, forget that high flying offense for Ole Miss away. Um, <laughs> oh, please. And Ar- I, I did like Arkansas. I did. I would take um, Ole Miss over uh, Iowa any day, though. And you know it. Uh, Iowa I'll, defense is looking I'd pretty take good. that, though. Please. please every that time Iowa, Iowa defense? Gets, Iowa, every time Iowa gets to a big stage, they crap the bed every single time. I will not believe it until I see it. If they beat Penn State, I'm on Iowa. I will be. Well, you, I can say the exact same thing about Ole Miss. No, but how? <laughs> Ole Miss is at right number three right now for playing game, nobody. Then two. Yeah, okay, but Ole Miss is not playing as the number three seeded team that they jumped over Penn State, which I think has better quality wins than Iowa. But for whatever reason, Iowa is ranked number three because, ooh, it's Iowa. Put them, put them in the playoffs. Put them against us. They're going to die. Go ahead. <laughs> well, see, that's the argument. Any any team in college football besides probably Ohio State and Georgia would get creamed against Alabama. So, I like, if you take – Ohio State. I, I would say okay, Ohio okay. State Here's would the thing. Here's the thing. They, they usually Ohio do. State of three weeks ago, absolutely. But if Ohio State 
plays continues to play like what but they did against Rutgers last week. You beat Rutgers. How am I supposed to say? Oh, they're elite. Well, they Michigan beat only beat by seven. Rutgers is not Rutgers of yesteryear. Rutgers might actually be okay. That's like me saying we beat Vanderbilt this year. No, it's not. Vander Rutgers would beat Vanderbilt by fifty points. We beat Vanderbilt by Vanderbilt, forty points Vanderbilt's this week. Very bad. <laughs> Vanderbilt would get beat by Mercer. Vanderbilt and Mercer listen, play. I'm listen, taking Mercer. But see, an NFL quarterback has come out of Vanderbilt. Who's come out of Rutgers? Give me a moment. I'll probably find somebody. Uh-huh. What Cutler's Vanderbilt the- quarterback came out? Jay Cutler. <laughs> Oh, smoking Jay Cutler. Oh, uh, how about good. Ray Rice? Uh, oh, Ray, about I don't him. want to hear about, about Ray Rice. That's bad. We're not talking about Ray Rice on this podcast. <laughs> I'm gonna cut the audio. Let's hey. hear from our sponsors. Sorry, uh, Kenny Britt. Kenny Britt came out of Rutgers. By the way, anyone good. who wants to sponsor us is more than happy to. Yeah, we'll see. About um, that. This is a whole conversation for another time because. We can easily keep going back and forth on who played who because oh, yeah. Ohio State's played crappy teams, Penn State's played crappy teams, uh, Michigan's played crappy teams, Alabama's played crappy teams, Georgia's played. Cra- you know what I mean? It just that's always how it is. So let's go to yeah. flashbang. I don't think we'll really get anywhere with this. Oh, can I ask these ones? I was really yeah, excited to ask you guys these ones. Okay, uh, we'll start with Kyle. Uh, Ravens offense or Colts defense? Uh, Ravens offense because no one can account for Lamar Jackson's legs. Fair. Luke, same question. Ravens offense, Colts defense. Same answer, same reason. Dang. Ravens offense. All right. Uh, Luke, Chargers offense or Browns defense? Uh, Browns defense. That D-line's scary. Kyle, same question. Chargers offense because no one – has been able to stop the uh, trio of Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and Austin Eckler. Yep. Um, Kyle, Cardinals offense or 49ers defense? Uh, Cardinals offense because no one can account for all those weapons that they have. Fair enough. Luke? Cardinals offense, Kyler freaking Murray. Yeah. Yeah, no joke. Cool. That wraps uh, up Flashbang. So we kind of already talked about the top 10. We've been going back and forth. Um, I will run you through the scores. Um, I think there's only one game that, there that we need to talk about. Um, everything else, or actually two games. We, uh, Yeah, two games we need to talk about. And that's it. So Alabama beat number 12 Ole Miss 42-21. They moved to 5-0. and Georgia beat number eight Arkansas thirty-seven to nothing. They moved to five and zero. Iowa beat Maryland fifty-one to fourteen. They moved to five and zero. Penn State beat Indiana twenty-four nothing. They moved to five and zero. Cincinnati beat number nine Notre Dame twenty-four thirteen. <laughs> they moved to five and zero. Oklahoma squeaks it out at Kansas State thirty-seven to thirty-one five and zero. Ohio State beats Rutgers fifty-two to thirteen. They moved to four and one. Oregon loses to Stanford in overtime, uh, 24 to 31, and they moved to four and one. 
Uh, Michigan beats Wisconsin 38-17. They moved to 5-0. and And number 10, BYU at Utah State 24-20. They moved to 5-0. and So the two games I want to talk about quickly before we move on, and then I'll give you guys a chance to talk about uh, our next stuff. Um, Cincinnati. Wow. Like, okay, yes, I've been very critical about Notre Dame, but Notre Dame still is like a good team, like a, a quality team. You know what I mean? Like when you talk about like Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, like those kind of people, if Notre Dame comes out and they get smoked by somebody else, then that would put them in that like category. Hold on, before you complain, Notre Dame back if in the – If you are comparing Ohio State to Notre Dame, I'm going to walk on, hold on. podcast. Good. I will kick you out. Um <laughs> Notre Dame used to be it back in the day. Notre Dame is still one of those big names teams, even though the past 10 years they've been crap. I'll still give them credit. Um, if you can beat a team like that convincingly, being a nobody, I think you deserve to be in the playoffs. Guys, what do you think? I, I wouldn't say playoffs right now, but I, w- I do agree that like them beating someone outside their conference, like a Notre Dame who's ranked, that has to give you good vibes. Like That has to give you – some good feelings if you're a Cincinnati Bearcat, if you're on a team, if you're a fan. Like, that's just – that's a good stepping stone. Uh, I don't think Notre Dame's good, you know, top 10 level, but I think they are definitely a top 25 team. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I feel I feel confident about Cincinnati because I don't think he really play that many good teams um, other than Notre Dame this year, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So I, yeah. I will say this. If Cincinnati goes undefeated, there is only – one scenario where I think they should not go to the playoff. It's um, if Oklahoma goes undefeated and a team like, um, yes, if Oklahoma goes undefeated. No. Absolutely not. No, dude, they'll be a power five undefeated conference champion. You have to let them go. Who cares? They've barely beat everyone they've played. They've needed miracles to stay in it. Their quarterback dude, is a dude. You, have to, you no. have to look at strength of schedule at that point. They would have beaten just a better. Even you look at some of the nobodies, quote unquote, that they would have beaten. They're better than Cincinnati's nobodies. So if Oklahoma goes undefeated, and then if the Big Ten could put out at least a one-loss champion, then it would be. The SEC champion, the Big Ten champion, undefeated Oklahoma, and then maybe another SEC team. I don't know. That's really the only way I can see Cincinnati, an undefeated Cincinnati, not getting in. All right, so my next game I wanted to talk about, actually, before you said (laughs) that, I'm serious. I'm dead serious. This was the next game I wanted to talk about was Oklahoma. Oklahoma should not be in the top ten. They keep winning – against garbage teams in the last second. How does that make you an elite team? Everyone I, else I, is I don't know. the teams they play. I Everyone agree. else is creaming the teams they play. Oklahoma can barely get it done. That does not make you a top 10 team. I'm sorry. I don't care correct. if you're undefeated. That's correct. But listen, I, I agree. I agree. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. If they keep playing the way that they're playing, they're going to lose to somebody. Oklahoma Are State they, or Texas. Or somebody is going to come and dethrone. They play them. Oklahoma State. They play Texas. Um, TCU is pretty bad, I guess. Texas Tech's four and one on the year right now. They play them in a couple weeks. Uh, you're right. Like they don't. They're squeaking out wins. I, I get it. Um, but like at least they're still winning. Like I, I, I would agree that they're probably not a top five team. 
top, maybe not even top 10 team, but like until you lose, then you just stay there. And that's how it's kind of always been. Especially um, if you are an undefeated power five conference champion. If that happened to any of the power five champions, I, and they got left out of the playoff, I'd have the, the, the entire college football world would have a collective aneurysm. And I would agree with them. The I would not. If Cincinnati is undefeated versus Oklahoma being undefeated, I would take Cincinnati for quality wins. Because they would be a conference champion at that point if they're undefeated. But you have to look not at the power quality five, of the conference, but it would be, It's not just – okay, you look at quality of wins then, right now. Cincinnati probably has the edge right now. But as they go into an in-conference schedule, Oklahoma is going to be constantly playing better teams. Cincinnati has only played Notre Dame. After that, they have Temple, UCF, who's 2-2, two and two, Navy, Tulane, Tulsa, South Florida, SMU is ranked right now, and then East Carolina. Um, I would say Oklahoma will probably have the edge. Is it a, a very big uh-huh. edge? No, but I think they would have the edge at the end of the year. So um, here's here's what really makes me mad. Clemson did the same thing. Didn't play anybody ranked. Destroyed their opponents and got to go. Oklahoma should not be able to do the same thing. I'm sorry. I mean, I agree with you. I don't think Oklahoma's good, but I'm just saying in terms of what they've done in the past for top four, like they, they, gotta, they would they change the rules. Here's oh, I the think thing. They too. I in, agree. The, in the Power Five. Ultimately, if you go undefeated, winning is winning. So it's different with group of five because the competition is not the same. Now, I'm rooting for Cincinnati. I don't want to see Oklahoma go. Me too. Anymore. Stop fighting me. But <laughs> I have to give them credit if they go undefeated in a power five conference. You don't. It's okay. You can admit no, that Oklahoma. Luke, Luke and I are on your side. We want Cincinnati to be there. We don't think Oklahoma is that good, but from the past, what's happened is those teams go. This they is why we need expansion. The then, then, then let me let me encapsulate all this with they really need to change the rules for the playoffs. Like it's it's just not fair. Expansion, expansion, expansion wouldn't fix it. They'd still be in. Well, at like, least yeah, Cincinnati at least, would also be able to get, you yeah. can prove it on the field. Yeah, I guess. But anyhow, that's top ten. Uh, we really got to be, be moving here a little bit. Uh, I'm going to just, like, brush through these, and then uh, we'll get through there. So, yes, Florida lost to Kentucky 13-20. to 20. Up high, down low. Ooh, too slow. Guys, really? I, I, I wrote, who loses to Kentucky? Really? Like, that's pretty bad. Like, when I Penn said, like, did Florida, years ago. Well, I was like, Florida is one of our quality wins, and then you do that. So, <laughs> is Kentucky good or is Florida bad? I'm confused. Uh, so, I don't know. There's that one. Um, I have to bring it up. I have to bring it up. Oregon was so, excuse me, so sure they were going to make the playoffs this year that they lost to Stanford just to prove that they'll be in the playoffs. Uh, Pac-12, so, <laughs> Pac-12. Uh, bruh, like, uh, every time I'm like, Yay, a Pac-12 player, like, team is going to be there. They screw it up. And thank you, Oregon, for keeping that consistent. Um, And the last one, Titans at Jets went to overtime 
had to go to overtime and the Jets won. Titans up high, down low, too slow. Dude, what? Who goes to overtime with the Jets? You got Ryan Tannehill. Yes, I know A.J. Brown and Julio Jones were up, but you still got Derrick Henry. Feed King Henry the ball. Give that man his throne, his crown, his scepter, everything. Ah, that, that was so stupid. That whole thing was stupid. Anyhow, uh, Kyle, would you like to introduce the next segment? Yeah, it is overrated. That was weird. Uh, Texas A&M, you are overrated. Earlier in the year, uh, you won some games, not against quality opponents. And now the last two weeks, you're pooping the bed. You are overrated. Jimbo Fisher, you're a part of that team, right? And, well, you can recruit a little bit, but right now your quarterback ain't good enough. Your team ain't good enough to compete. You're overrated. Washington football team defense. We talked about, oh, Chase Young, the Alabama boys, Jonathan Allen. Um, we have the first-round pick, Jameen Davis. We have Landon Collins out there, too. We talked about all about the Washington football team defense, how they're elite, how they're going to carry this team. Well, guess what? You're overrated as well. Uh, your defense has not been up to snuff. The front four, that's not your entire defense. Your back seven, pretty horrible as well. Spencer Rattler slash Sam Howe. Everybody talked about you guys number one and number two this year as the possible quarterbacks coming out into the NFL draft. Spencer Rattler probably going to the Lions. Sam Howell probably going to the Eagles. Well, guess what? Both of your teams, even though Oklahoma is you know, like six, both your teams stink. Um, and you, you both are bums. You're not one and two. Dear God, I hope no NFL team get you at one or two this year. If you watch Oklahoma, you would see a Spencer Rattler is – way 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 incredibly overrated and he should be nowhere near a top five quarterback i wouldn't even say top top 10 top 25 i wouldn't even say first round i would say spencer rattler is maybe a second round quarterback i would equate him to johnny man zal that's what i think of you uh juju you are overrated go back to your tiktok because that's all you can do you're pretty uh underrated at tiktoks i would say but on the nfl field you're overrated. You just signed the Steelers this offseason on a one-year $9 million deal. You do not deserve $9 million. Um, you can't catch. You can't get open. Um, I understand the quarterback kind of sucks, and he's he, like a tree back there. But you talk a big game. But all you do is you make one play for 10 yards, and you do a TikTok dance, and that's all you do. So, Juju, you are overrated. Awesome. I like it. Um, if it makes you feel awkward, we can all do it together. Uh, so we can all do the clap. So, uh, anyhow, uh, we'll, we'll work on it. Yeah, we'll figure it out. So let's go ahead and skip on over to baller baller bill. Y'all for those who are new, this is our NFL segment. Uh, Kyle, this is your main man. Uh, I dug up some old history because I could have recalled something that you said and I had to pick on you this week, but I won't bring it up here. Um, so, so I figured you should be the one to talk about uh, Ben Simmons. Uh, give us your thoughts, man. Yeah, well, Ben Simmons, we've talked about him for like the last four weeks because he's the only NBA news that's coming out right now. Um, yes, a number of months, weeks ago, I said, if Ben Simmons gets traded, I'll stop being a fan. Well, it was before Ben Simmons crapped out uh, in the Atlanta playoff series and became a giant big baby. So I'm on the Sixers train still, and I want Ben Simmons to be gone. 
Guys, give me your realistic Ben Simmons trade scenarios because he's definitely – he ain't coming back to the Sixers. Brad, do you have any? Give me one second. I need to check one other thing. Um, actually, I think I got it now. Um, well, the, the I will only... say, I will say, there are rumors circulating of a potential trade package between the 76ers and the Pacers, and Chris Levert's name is being thrown around. So, oh, I, 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 I do not know what to think about that. I'm not a pro. On the situation, I'm just doing a little bit of research, wow. giving you peak uh, tip of the iceberg research, and I'd love to hear Kyle's thoughts because we already know what Brad thinks about that. You don't though. Karis uh, Karis a good player, but he's not worth no 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 no, no no no. You'd have to give up no. Karis Avert and like Malcolm Brogdon and a bunch of picks. Um, for me to even be close to it. Like, for the Sixers, you want to get a defensive return, and then you want to get a, you know, a point guard or shooting guard return as well. For Someone me, the, the Blazers, shoot. yeah, the Blazers has always made sense for me because I, I yeah, I desperately want uh, Timmy Lillard. I don't think they'll get him, though. But, uh, like, C.J. McCollum and Robert Covington, to me, would just make the most sense because you recruit you recoup some defense with Covington, He's a three and D guy. He could play the four, and then CJ McCollum is horrible on defense for sure. Uh, he's definitely a liability, but he's a scorer. And even if Ben Simmons was still there, they would need a scorer like CJ McCollum because Ben Simmons can't score like he needs to. So for me, that is the most realistic from both sides because I think the Blazers. I mean, they don't need Robert Covington, and I think they have enough scorers. Because Lillard can just freaking shoot the ball 40 times a game, and Simmons can easily set up everyone else on that offense. So, I agree with the team, not the trade. Um, I do think they should go for the house and go for Damian Lillard. Um, and the best thing that I can figure out in my mind is Damian Lillard, a first, a pick swap for Ben Simmons. You're going to hate this. Uh, Matisse Thybul, um, and maybe a second-round pick. Here's why, though. This will finally give the Trailblazers an option to run Ben Simmons as a big man, which I'm guessing at this point is the only thing he's good for. But you could also run him as a point guard if you want to, just to have that big man package. It would work out for them. C.J. McCollum still maintains to be one of their highest scorers on the the starting bench or starting role. Um, Then you move over to the Sixers. So you can run Embiid at the five still, move Toby to the four, Figure somebody out to play in the three, um, then you can you can run Lillard at the point. And honestly, you could pick and roll with Embiid, which is what they should have been doing a long time ago. Embiid is a monster. He's fast. He can shoot. Um, I think your success is going to fully revolve around Embiid. So if you can find a complimentary star to go around that, somebody that can shoot when they need to, create space for for him in the paint and also play the pick-and-roll game, um, it's Lillard. Like, if you're going to trade, trade for the house, man. Give up some stuff. But uh, I would go after Lillard. That would be perfect. Yeah. In my wildest dreams. Oh, if I can get Lillard and Embiid, I mean, that is a recipe for a championship, I think. Um, But we can dream, but I don't know if it'll happen. 
Uh, do we have anything else for this episode? Uh, we do not. That is everything for this episode of Jock Talk. Thanks for hanging around. It was a long one. Lots of fun little petty arguments that make up our <laughs> wonderful trio of people, and I love it. Um, we will talk to you later. Thanks for hanging out with us, and we will see you tomorrow live at 5 and on Friday at 6 o'clock. See ya.